Blessings to you all in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. I wish to thank Father Pollard for inviting me uh, to give the parish retreat here. My name's Father Gary Sellen. It's kind of like buying and selling. Uh, some of you know me. I was lived here from 2004 to 2008 as a graduate student at Catholic University. And I'm happy to be here with you. My full-time priestly ministry in Denver is I work and I teach at the seminary there. And I'm entrusted with 20 young men, seminarians, who are studying for the priesthood. It's beautiful work. It's exhausting work. It's 24-7, much like the pastors here. Um, it's like being a father of a large, poor family. And I felt I barely got out the door yesterday, and I put the youngest deacon in charge of the community. So we'll see how things are when I go back. <laughs> the theme of this retreat, and this is the first installment, of the homily today, is divine mercy and the gift of forgiveness. It's very fitting during this year of mercy. We heard in the gospel Jesus say, You heard me tell you, I'm going away and I'll come back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I'm going to the Father, to my Father. And I wish to present you the image of returning to the Father's house as prodigal children, to return, as you saw on the poster and in the insert in the bulletin, the beautiful painting of Rembrandt of the prodigal son kneeling down before the Father and asking for forgiveness. We are to return. In fact, we are praying that we are returning to receive forgiveness. Forgiveness is an act of mercy. So this homily will have two simple points. Number one, what is mercy? Number two, how do we receive forgiveness? Because it's important that we receive forgiveness from God before we can be fully forgiving people. And that's more difficult than it sounds. Mercy, what is it? Pope Francis calls mercy God's answer to evil. In some, it's to help the suffering of another person. And I heard a priest once sum it up in this way. Mercy in action is this. Our heart is pained at the pain of another, and we take pains to remove that pain. Our heart is pained at the pain of another, and we take the pains to remove that pain. And we look to the face of Jesus Christ, who, in the words of Pope Francis, is the face of the Father's mercy. And we rejoice that he has gone to the Father's house, his Father and our Father, to prepare a place for us. And meanwhile, we're here in this valley of tears, and we know it, deep within our heart, the suffering, sometimes suffering so deep, it's so difficult even to share it to those closest to us. The joy that's real that comes from love and virtue, does not last. There is disappointment. Much like a wedding reception when the cake does not arrive, or my image is you go to a beach party or have a cookout in the mountains, the barbecue's going, everything's going well, and you open the cooler and you're looking at four cases of fresca. <laughs> not quite what you're expecting. But death is the ultimate pain. And Pope Francis calls the church a field hospital. 
It's a place where we come with our wounds and pain to be healed by the mercy of Jesus Christ, first in the confessional, to be strengthened, to receive Holy Communion, our love and our life. And that's our sufferings united with Christ bring us to the Father's house. So that's mercy in a, in a nutshell. It's we receive God's forgiveness, and then we become forgiving people to others to help us along the way back to the Father's house. Second point, how do we receive forgiveness? How do we dispose ourselves better to receive forgiveness from the Father? And I mentioned it, yes, confession, the beautiful sacrament of penance that is such a beautiful encounter. In fact, on, I was looking at the bulletin that we have, the beautiful image of St. John the Beloved resting his head against the breast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, a beautiful image of what happens in confession when we give our sins over to Jesus and he welcomes us deeper into his Sacred Heart, into a deep, abiding friendship. And we go and we go often. But also those other acts of receiving God's love throughout the day. I've only been a priest 13 years, almost, and it's amazing that so much of suffering that we carry in our hearts is because we're not allowing ourselves to be loved by God. Now, that sounds odd, but I think if we thought about that, there's a part of us that still doubts God's unconditional love. And it's like we have to take, we think we have to take the first step to make ourselves lovable. And God says, no, he reaches out to us in Jesus Christ and says, let me love you. You are beautiful. I created you in love, and I'll sustain you in love. Receive my love. And yet we have these little ways of doubting that, and we want to take the first step and make ourselves lovable. God says, no, let me love you. I long to look upon you. And yes, we do know in this life, we like to know and to love things. So the more we know something, the more we love it. So for example, if you like gardening, you want to learn more about gardening. And the more you learn about it, you want to do it more. Um, Perhaps sports, uh, football, even the Redskins most recently. Uh, Something that you are very interested in. But mostly in people, spouses, you get to know each other, and through the Sometimes the winter of love, the springtime is coming, and it's a deeper look into the heart of the other. As, as important as us to know and to love, there's something that's more fundamental in our heart. It's not to know and to love, but it, it is to be known and to be loved, to be cherished. Do we not wish to be cherished, to be thought of continuously, day and night? And that's how God looks upon us. He's so madly in love with us that he cannot bear even to stop thinking about us for one moment. And he's willing to bend over backwards. And we see that love in Jesus. Jesus Christ, the face of the Father's mercy. And that's what this retreat is about. A few months ago, I was at Denver International Airport. And if you've been there, you know it's quite immense. And I must have looked a little dazed because a security guard came up to me and he said, Excuse me, are you lost? And I said, um, no, I, th- I know where I'm going, but thank you, sir. And then he, said, he paused and he said, I'm sorry, Father. You see, my job is to get people to their destination. It's much like what you priests are trying to do. I thought, what a beautiful word. 
you know, as our culture seems to be going off the cliff, and there's so much fear of the future, and perhaps many of us are involved in tasks that no one even thanks us for doing them, we want to know where we're going. We don't want to be lost or abandoned. We want to know that we are journeying back to the Father's house. So this retreat goes like this. There's the preaching at the Masses this weekend. Tomorrow, Sunday afternoon at 3.30, there's a Vespers in which I'll preach. And then Monday morning at 9 o'clock Mass, I'll give a homily. And the theme of tomorrow's afternoon service in the Mass homily on Monday is continuing the theme about removing obstacles from our heart of receiving God's love. What's holding us back? What fears do we still have deep in our heart that come between us and the Father's love? And amongst that is a meditation on the Our Father, and I'm going to hold up the Our Father as the prayer par excellence. It is so profound, and we pray it so much without really contemplating well the words. Because we start with the Father. We don't start down there with sin, temptation, and evil. It's important. But if we begin down there, we'll never make it to the Father. So Jesus understands this very well when he teaches how to pray. We must start with the Father in his kingdom. And I'll also talk about dancing. No, I'm serious. I'm not going to dance. I don't do liturgical dance. But spiritual, it's an image of the joy in our heart when we know that we're so loved and cherished by God, dancing is a beautiful image. We see David dancing before the ark, John the Baptist dancing before, his, uh, before Jesus in his mother's womb, because we have a right to be merry. And then Monday evening and Tuesday morning, Monday evening, there's a Vespers at 7 o'clock, and again on Tuesday morning at 9 o'clock. The theme there is, having received God's love, how then do we become channels of forgiveness and mercy for others? And there's various ways of looking at that through the spiritual and corporal works of mercy. And also the angels. I'm going to talk about the angels, particularly our guardian angels, and how they can help us to be God's channels of mercy. So we're journeying together to the Father's house, and we do not want to walk alone. And we have the angels and the saints, Our Lady, bringing us with Jesus. And the good news, brothers and sisters, is that we are already in the Father's house in the sense that through baptism, we receive his grace. And Jesus says in the gospel today, whoever loves me and will keep my word, my Father will love him and we will come to him and make our dwelling with him. The beauty of having God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in grace. We're already there, but we want to finish the journey and we want to stay there. And that is the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to know that. In fact, I really think that when God created ours, our hearts, right before, as he sent us down to our mother's womb, he did not want to part from us. And he loved us and cherished us so much that he took from our heart a little piece and he kept that peace of, his, of our heart in heaven with himself. And so that here in this life, no matter how hard we try to be fully happy, no matter how hard we try to find a lasting peace and joy, it's not going to work because we're not wholehearted. And it's only when we go back to the Father's house that we'll regain that lost peace of heart 
And we can know with St. Augustine, our hearts were made for you, God, and they have no rest until they rest in you. Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on us.